Y'all ready to be history? It's started. Welcome. Hi. 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 Hello, everyone. To the Pro Audio Suite. These guys are professional. They're motivated. Thanks to Tribooth, the best vocal booth for home or on-the-road voice recording. And Austrian Audio, making passion heard. Introducing Robert Marshall from Source Elements and Someone Audio Post, Chicago. Darren Robert Robertson from Voodoo Radio Imaging, Sydney. Tech to the VO Stars. George the Tech Whitam from LA. And me, Andrew Peters, voiceover talent and home studio guy. Line up, And welcome to another Pro Audio Suite. Thanks to Austrian Audio, making passion heard. And Tribooth. Don't forget the code PAP200 to get your $200 off. This week is another one looking at the transition from PC to Mac at my place. Which I thought was going to be really easy. But it appears I was incorrect. Uh, I did play something to... Well, it's actually on... Source Connect with Robbo a couple of days ago and he heard the whole thing just crash and crackle. Um, we're not quite sure what's going on, whether it's the ID44 or WaveLab, uh, not liking the M1 chip or whatever. We're still trying to get to the bottom of that. But yeah, it's been horrific to say the least. So you're on the Audient ID44 Mark II, correct? <laughs> That's correct, which I'm not using yeah, now because I don't trust it. Mm-hmm. But you are on the Mac. Now is Otherwise. the, um, is, um, right. Are you on this Mac right now or is this your laptop? No, I'm on the laptop, which is also okay. a Mac, but right. the laptop. No, we had, well, it kicked off with, um, I fired the, the Mac up thinking it should be pretty, pretty straightforward because I had all the gear here. So I thought, yep, yeah, this will be easy. It, that kind of went wrong where I had to get, uh, Mac support, which I did. And they were very good, I have to say. It was a, a nice lady from Texas somewhere. What was the issue on was, that? Uh, we had to basically strip the whole thing down because it wasn't talking to anything. Uh, it was, you know, it, it was kind of look. It's been so many things. I can't remember what that one was now. But anyway, she it was sent a password that. issue. It was a password, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you start by migrating your system from the old to the new Mac? No, no, yeah, no PC. Okay, good. That's usually a bad. <laughs> he idea. migrated so the PC into the Mac, and that's what fucked <laughs> it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't do that either. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. Um, it was. And that, that's when I spoke to you, Robbo, wasn't it? Yeah. When, when I was having. That so to issue. be fair, yeah. to, I, I suppose to be fair, I think there was an issue with setting up your Apple ID, which yeah, I'm not correct. sure that the Mac liked too much. It kept wanting passwords and things that weren't in a keychain that should have been yeah. and stuff like that. And I think that was part of the reason. Yeah. So, and also, I was trying to. I was trying to. to um, install WaveLab and that was where we had the, I think that was where we had the Apple ID issue and yep. then we had another password issue that just wouldn't accept passwords that I know were correct but it just wouldn't wouldn't acknowledge those passwords so basically and that was when Robbo said well look why don't you, we just change the password of your the Apple ID so we did and then my laptop decided all my email accounts were Offline, yeah, which is another keychain issue because you because because we logged out of your laptop before and then changed the password. So then when you logged back in, it wanted to create a new chain because there was a new password and you hadn't changed it yeah. on that machine. That's yeah. right. So yeah. yeah, so and that still hasn't been resolved. I've got one email account back up. The other ones, it just would not see any of the passwords 
the email addresses are all weirdly corrupted and, yeah, it's very strange. Uh, so you're using Apple Mail, the Mail app on the Mac? Um, yeah, what do I use? I just use Mail, yeah. Um, yeah, that's one of your problems, right? Yeah, there. well, it appears that is probably a, a problem that needs to be solved. So we're sort of halfway through. I, I have to tell you, man, I, I mean, I've been using Mac since 2006 or so thereabouts. And um, what I've kind of learned over the years was the Apple architecture ecosystem is excellent for some things and other things just a total headache. Yeah. And I found that Apple Mail is one of those headaches. Um I just, I just get so tired of seeing those errors saying can't, you know, can't connect to server errors yeah, and, correct. and just the myriad problems there. And, you know, I, while it is probably a more private way to go in terms of, you know, email versus Google, yeah. which is what I use. Um, I really do prefer, uh, my mail in the cloud, you know, on a web server and not using SMTP and all the other servers that, you know, a mail client has to use to, to reach your different email accounts. Um, it, it is irritating. Oh boy, is it irritating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then passwords on Apple, like because the systems now are many layers of security and privacy that didn't exist 10 years ago, there's just so many more hoops to jump through, you know, to authorize this and allow this to run and, yeah, I, I feel your pain. It is nowhere near as painless as it was 10 years ago. I couldn't believe how difficult just reconnecting the keychain on his Mac MacBook is. Yeah. Yeah. Like you you needed a bit of a programming degree to act because I was I was reading through it and I said to AP, look, <laughs> I'm actually going to stay away from this because I don't want to give you a bum steer. Yeah. What's right. something that should be so simple to just go, hey, this is the keychain I'm on. Here's the keychain. Because we could see the keychain I needed to connect to, but the process of getting yeah. it there was a nightmare. Yeah. And then you couldn't even wind the clock back. That was the other thing. It's like, can't we just wind this laptop back before we change the password? But, you, you know, I mean, obviously you can't do that either. Yeah. So that, it's, yeah. it's, it's, psycholo- it's psych- psycho levels of security. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, it, and, and this is, this is the Linux and Unix kind of type yeah. of stuff. That right, it's based on Unix, and every single file has a permissions level access yeah. attached to it. And if one of those files has a corrupted permission or it's not right, Pain. stuff just starts getting weird. Yeah. Well, talk about weird. This is even weirder. So going back to the new Mac Mini, um, I started getting like a digital clip. Uh, in the audio. It just come from nowhere. And I was talking to Robbo uh, on Source Connect and we were just chat, chat, chat and everything. And all of a sudden the thing just went off off the Richter scale. And it was just like this really nasty digital, um, what would you, how would you just describe distortion. it? Distortion. Yeah. It sounded yeah. like a distortion. It was awful. Like it went right to zero and just went it was. It just just no. was clipping at zero. It was a different thing, but the whole thing just went. It just that. It it didn't just clip. It just went nuts and just stayed there. It sounded like it sounded like a dodgy oh. mic cable. If you had, if you had a mic cable that was mm-hmm. you know a, a leg was a bit loose and you shook it, it was like that, yeah. but like amplified. And 10 you had times. phantom power going through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. like ten times. It was just awful. Let me ask you this: Would you hear that in your monitor, in your zero latency monitor, off the ID forty four, or would you only hear that on Source Connect or on your playback? No, it's actually coming out the ID forty four, and it was recorded. Yeah, 
It was input. Yeah. Oh, the input side. Yep. See, then that's a whole different animal. Yeah. So it's the input. And this is where we're, we're kind of stuck, whether it is, well, it's definitely the input because it's getting inside the ID 44 and then hitting. Yeah. Hitting if, if your headphones there. are plugged into the ID yep. 44 and you hear an, an obnoxious blast of noise, which is what you're basically describing yep. at your headphones, that's happening at the firmware level of the device, right? Correct. That's happening internally. Is that low latency monitor analog or, or is no, it No, it's firmware. It's, it's, it's firmware. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's not a hardware mix knob. Like on my portcaster here, I have a physical mixed balance knob and I can literally mix to me and back to you. Yeah. Um, but in an audience ID 44, because it's a much more complex monitor, um, monitoring section, you can set up monitor mixes for headphones, different headphones, you yeah. know, for your monitors and et cetera. So, yeah. And the firmware is what sounds like it's biting you in the butt. Yeah. And, um, or it's like something crappy about the USB connection. And it's literally just like some sort of, because USB can kind of create these like clocking. Yeah. Could, yeah. But it's, um, well, I don't know because I changed because when I first got it going, I, I didn't realize it didn't have enough USB C ports. So I ran the USB C to USB A into the computer. Then I got an extension, and then ran the USB um, C to USB C. So, it's not a cable issue for a kickoff. That, that's one thing I do know. Is the audience connected directly to the computer or is it going through some other piece? Straight to the computer. Uh, so then this other weird thing happened yesterday. So I've gone in, I've set my levels on the on the mixer, which comes, you know, on the screen from the ID44. Open up WaveLab, hit record, did a session, came back in here, went to listen back to the session and the screen is blank. It's like there's no, it didn't capture any audio. It did that to me this morning as well. And I'm thinking this is really, this is totally whacked out. So I'd actually done, just grabbed a, a, a free Twisted Wave, just a trial version of Twisted Wave, chucked that on and did the same thing. It worked. So I used Twisted Wave this morning for a session. I had two sessions to do. As I was editing, every time I, because I usually grab some room noise, just copy a, section that I can drop in where there's like a breath or I need to space things out or whatever. Every time I dropped something in, we get this like, you know, that ping pong sound, you know, when you're hitting the, you're hitting the mouse and it's oh, you, you like an out. error sound. The Yeah. It's like bing, yeah. bing, 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 that kind of noise. So I'm thinking what that, and I'm not touching anything and it's just going crazy. But I haven't had that since I then opened up a new file as a wave file and it's mono and I didn't get that happen when I was doing the edit. So you're, you're probably trying to paste stereo into mono or mono into stereo and it's like not yeah, allowed. Some, probably, yeah. Something weird. Yeah. Um, it allowed me to do it, but it, it, um, yeah, it was kind of, kind of weird. How different is wave lab than uh, tw- twisted wave? I'm just used to wave lab and the new one's got, you know, a few other bits and bobs that are kind of handy, which I haven't even got to yet. But, uh, I, I just used to using wave lab. I'm used to the way the screen looks and I just, sure. yeah, just find it easier. So, so, so you're on a new Mac, it's silicon. Yep. So it's the new M1 yep. processor architecture. So undoubtedly, if you're not using some brand new version of wave lab, then it's running in what's called Rosetta mode. It's a brand new and wave lab. It's Is it? 11.1. Okay. It still could be running in Rosetta mode. It might still be. It's see, see, Steinberg is very much PC first, in my experience. They've kind of always been a PC-based company. Nuendo was PC when Pro Tools was on Mac, and they've just always been PC first. So 
I'm wondering if the Wave Lab for Mac is a little bit behind the development, you know, schedule of then maybe other companies like Twisted Wave is all about Mac, so they've always been kind of in lockstep. But maybe Wave Lab is a little bit behind, and so maybe that's part of the equation. Yeah, it could be. Um, I mean, this is like we're digging to try and find what is the issue because then what happened after that? So I did that session, then I had to go out for a while, I came back and then I got on with Richie, who's the, the tech guy that we've had on the show before with um, Alistair Lee. Is that when I showed up? That was when you showed up. Yes, that's right. You showed up, yeah. So I was talking to him then, but I spoke to him this morning because um, I thought we'd just jump on quickly before we did the podcast and I told him what had happened where I was trying to record on WaveLab and ended up with blank files. So he quickly jumped on and then I don't know what he touched. He he said he didn't touch anything and we opened up a file and started recording and it worked. And we didn't get any clip, clipping. The file levels were perfect. It's The bizarre. ID 144 is working or is it 44 I, I, or 144? It's the ID 44 Mark II. Yeah. Okay. Um, the other thing that happened, I just sent him a text actually while we were doing the show and I said to him just before we got on, I was trying to do a playback and I could hear it through the headphones, that was fine, but it wouldn't come through the monitors. So I'm like, what the hell is going on with this thing? Like I've the, the DAW faders up, everything is... The, the yeah, speaker, now that's yeah. firmware. Now you're talking about a firmware problem. Yeah. Uh, ID44. Yeah, so... I'm thinking it is all the issues we're having are coming from that ID44. It sounds like it. So if you connect your SSL to it and it all works perfectly, then there you go. And I would if say you go to a device that's native, that's a USB class compliant, the SSL2 is one of those, yep. right? Plug and play, no drivers. You're, you're going to have a much better experience, sounds like. Yep. Um, you're going to lose out on some of the routing, but you'll have an easier time operating it for now. Um, yeah, it's really unfortunate. It's I, audience, I think is brilliant at hardware and not so brilliant at software and firmware. Like that's just kind of the impression I've gotten, I, kind of gotten. Yeah. We've seen some unique issues with, but they all have their thing, you know, at least the ones that make drivers. I mean, we've got a, a, a trouble ticket where someone was using our LTC program. Everything's great. He plugged in a Mo2 interface that I believe is actually class compliant because it's an M2 interface. And, um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, like and now the software is crashing. It's like trying to figure that out. Wow. Or, oh, really? um, okay. Or, I mean, you know how like Apollo interfaces just don't like Chrome. Or, yeah. There's always like little kind of tweaky things. But usually you're right. The class compliance stuff is just so much simpler that there's mm-hmm. less to get messed up and they typically don't. Like, you probably have a bad taste in your mouth at this point for yes. audience. I, they they do have another product line that's actually considered supposedly supposedly uh, notched down, but it's called the Evo series. Yeah, yeah, I know the Evos. Yeah. And they they have an Evo sixteen that would give you plenty of I/O, and so it's based on an entirely new architecture. It's it's really internally in every way different from what you have. I wouldn't recommend it out of, I wouldn't just say go try it because I would want to talk to some users, you know, that have used them for more than a, a month, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, that I have not heard, heard nearly as many complaints about issues with the newer Evo 
yeah. stuff as I have. Uh, well, it's interesting because uh, ID stuff. We looked at um, a couple of alternatives because originally I was going to go with the um, RME Fireface, the sure. UCX Benson, two, uh, I think it is. Uh, but they're, they're they're really exy, and um, so I mm-hmm. thought you know, and, I, and then I saw this uh, ID forty four. I saw a couple of things, and I checked them out, and um, I watched Julian Krauss actually. Yeah, and I actually got through the whole thing, which was pretty good for me. Um, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, this <laughs> interesting character, very, uh-huh. very intelligent. Um, so I, you know, he's he's. And his opinion at the end of it was that he rated this in one of the top five interfaces. On, the, on a sonic level, from the sonic side. Yeah, of on sonic. In other words, like just yeah. great sound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, he, you know, rated the whole thing. So I don't know. And that, that was the thing that swayed my opinion because I know that guy. I've seen him do other stuff and he, he's highly respected. Um, yeah. So I based that on, on his, you know, review. Sure, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it seems I may have, I don't know. I don't how much do you need? So in terms of your actual needs, how much do you need a sort of complicated console firmware controlled mixer versus how much do you need just really good four ADDA converters, you know, analog in to analog, yeah. you know, in and out? Well, the, the thing is, because I've got the different preamps, which are, you know, I mean, Right, I, I love them, so I want to use them, and that was the whole idea. Right. This was a you know a converter for where I could run my analog you know preamps through a converter into the to the Mac. Well, let me ask you this: How many times do you use more than one analog input channel simultaneously? Uh, I would use maybe two simultaneously. Okay, yeah, because another op- alternative, I you know I don't want to rewire your studio, but I just want to throw this out there. There's a company called Radial, and they make something called the Gold Digger yeah, and a yeah, Cherry yeah, Picker. Yeah, yeah. The Gold Digger is the mic switcher. The Cherry Picker is the preamp switcher. Yep. And what I'm saying is maybe you could get away with something less complicated with less analog channels if you were to just put all your pre's on the, the Cherry Picker and just choose the pre you want to use from the switch box. Yeah. Um, maybe that could be an alternative way to go. Well, the good thing about this, this is why I like the audience as well. Um, it has the four inputs that I can use, the DI in the back, which is great. Yeah. Uh, the monitor outs are great, so I don't have to have a monitor station anymore, so I pulled that out mm-hmm. the mix. Uh, it's got two headphone outputs, which is perfect, so I've got one for in here, and I've got an input into the booth. Uh, and it has a talkback, which you can allocate one of your mic channels and make that a talkback, um, which is really handy. So I've got... That's nice. Yeah, yeah. So the fourth preamp that I don't use, mm-hmm. I've just made that the talkback. Probably the most expensive talkback <laughs> preamp right, right. on the planet. But anyway, right. um, so everything, once we set it all up and then, you know, Richie actually set the loop back because the problem is it, it's actually um, pre-fader when things are getting getting into you know, your DAW. Yeah. So right. we made it post. So I can actually pull up a fader and I don't get all the other preamps bleeding in. Oh, that's nice that yeah. you can do that. Yeah. That's just a little firmware setting, like a little control panel. Yeah, so he just moves a few things switch. around and then he, he has talkback set up so we can go from different headphones. So it could be a talkback into the headphones A or headphones B and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. which is all good. It's pretty flexible then, yeah. So it's a great little unit. It doesn't take up a huge amount of space. 
it does everything I want except work. <laughs> yeah, with great power <laughs> yes. comes great responsibility. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> this is, you know, so th- this is why, you know, I, while I've had a lot of reasons to, to whine and complain about Apollo stuff, on the whole, they have proven to be extremely rock solid. Yeah. Um, like I've had, I've installed many of these over the years and I've had very few of them fail. You know, if and, and I, I would know. I would be like a couple of years ago. There was a series of them that had a, an issue that crept up, and it was in the analog preamp section that caused sort of a white noise whooshing sound. Yeah, that was a bad batch. Like they clearly had a bad batch. But once they got through the batch, I have not heard that. I've not heard that again. It's been three years. Yeah, and over on the, on the whole, it's been extremely rock solid. Mm. Um. But to have the same level of compatibility, the functionality you're getting now, you would have to get the X4, I think it is. And that's going to be quite a bit more money. It's definitely over a thousand. Yeah. And you'd be getting a lot of features that you don't need either, right? You yeah. don't need all that DSP. You have the real thing, you have all those preamps. Yeah. Exactly. So you don't need a bunch of plug-in preamps, but. That's that. The only reason I would even bring it up is I I know that thing like the back of my hand. I know every single quirk <laughs> of those things, and I know the track record of their stuff has been extremely good. So, if you're shopping and you're down to one or two items, just if you're going to look at the RME at whatever it costs, you know, look at the X4 Thunder, the uh, Apollo X4. I think that's what it's called. It's and, like a twin, uh, but it's four channels instead of. It's a four two. channel, exactly. And just check that one out as an it's just another alternative, and see how that fits into your budget. Because if you had one of those, I would very, very much know how it all works <laughs> and what it can do and what it, how to make it all dance. So, just putting that out there. Interesting. I'll have a look at that one, but it, uh, yeah, because I did look at the RME and oh, the X4. Well, it could be a bit more expensive here than probably. Yeah, I'd say. Uh, is yeah. it in the fifteen hundred dollars range? Yeah, I'm looking at Thunderbolt. Oh, that's the X4 Quad Thunderbolt. Yeah, We're talking three thousand bucks here in Australia. Oh, what's, yeah. Holy what's smokes. funny, Andrew, <laughs> is that yeah. okay? If you think about the setup that you're trying to achieve, what you're basically wanting to have is a mixer that feeds into your computer a bunch of different microphones. Correct. And right now, the mixer is inside your computer. And he set it up post fader so that whatever fader you push up, that's the fader that's the that's the mic that's going in as your input for your. Correct. Yeah. For yeah. Your it feels like a regular mixer. Okay. Works so, like a broadcast board. Exactly. So how different would it be if it was just like you know what I'm just going to get a clean mixer with a class compliant USB stereo interface. Like Done. The SSL six. Oh yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah, George, does that make sense? Yeah. Just like move the mixer into the real world. It's kind of the same. Yeah. It's a lot the same thing as far as. The way he's yeah. No matter what, the problem is with because of our unique needs for what we do, you end up buying a lot because you need a few specific things, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like you need the SSL six. He'll he just doesn't need most of what's going on, but it could be set up to do what he needs to do. But you end up spending so much money for things you don't need. Yeah. And the Apollo is the same situation. Like you end up spending a ton of money for all this DSP processing that you don't need. Yeah. Um, so 
I almost feel like yeah. you know it's 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 a, it's, a it's just a unique situation, and the RME seems to be the best suited based on yeah everything. So yeah, the you know it, it doesn't have to be an SSL. It could just literally be. I mean, Mackie makes them with uh, USB interfaces. There's all kinds of hardware mixers out there that have USB interfaces that are multi-channel, hmm. multi-channel USB. even. Yeah, but he doesn't need. You're right. He doesn't really need multi-channel. Right, but uh, he just it, needs it a really clean. It could be like he just needs a really clean, like yeah. a, a to D converter. Yep, and he needs a really nice monitor matrix for just choosing what he's listening to. Yeah, and that's why the Audient ID forty four seemed perfect. Right, um, and it still may be because totally. I may have got a faulty one. If, if is it firmware or is it there's some fault inside the box somewhere? There's so much of what those things do anymore is firmware. They're just computers, really. They're just computers. The only physical controls on that unit, and I believe they still have an actual gain trim pot, right? Yeah. Per channel? Yeah, correct. That's it. Like, literally everything else is software. Yeah. The big knob is software controller. You know, all the push buttons are assignable software. It's all software. Yep. And uh, that's, that's the pro and that's the con all at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> There's just so much more that it's capable of doing at the resu- at the risk of you know having train wrecks occur. Yeah. But based um, on everything I've yeah. said to you though with you know WaveLab working they're not working they're getting clipping they're not getting clipping twisted wave working and then not work well actually twisted wave has worked to line mm-hmm. hasn't let let us down at all. Mm-hmm. Um, based on what that information where would you point the finger would you point at the ID44 and say it's a firmware issue? Yeah, yeah. Because when you said you were getting blasts of clipping distortion directly into your cans, yep, that's in that's internal. That's firmware. That's something losing clock and just losing its mind. Yeah, like something is just freaking out. So, Uh, that being the case, would you say it's inherent with the ID forty four, or I've got a faulty box? I, you might just have a faulty box. I, I don't. You might even get the original version and try that one instead. That the older and older firmware. The only, the only person I know that leans heavily on Audient and uses it in his daily day day to day studio and has an ID forty four is Mike Delgadio, oh, the booth junkie. Right. Yeah, he he loves that Audi for he, he loves the ID forty four. He also uses the ADAT input and has another eight channels of analog inputs. You know, for other stuff that he uses one of those Audient. Eight channel pre's. Yep, he loves it. But I also know that he's really good at dealing with and troubleshooting problems. So I don't know if he's had the issues and not told anybody. But it seems like if he did have issues, he probably would have done a YouTube about it by now. I would have thought he tends so, yeah. to share everything that he deals with in his studio. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that. I don't know what that means, but I know he's using it. Another thing that we you guys mentioned briefly in passing, but it was Motu. Yeah. Motu makes great and stuff. Uh, is Motu readily available down there? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because they have the uh, Motu. I just stumbled on this one. The Motu six twenty four, and that just might be the Goldilocks uh, device. It's got a very comprehensive mixer. I'm pretty familiar with it because I had the I had the ID like one forty four or something. It was basically like. 48 channels of AES, 48 channels of ADAT, 48 channels of 
something else. Oh, the Motu. Yeah, it was like it's a, all oh, digital. It was a D112, 112 channels. But it had it's yeah. the same thing as like with what you were saying with Behringer. Like once you know the Motu interface, the way they do their mixer, right? You know their whole mm-hmm. line, and um, you know it's in in many ways the DSP power and the routing power is um almost beyond what you can do with uh, an Apollo, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the, yeah. Motu, the Motu I was looking at was the Motu Ultralight Mark V. Uh-huh. That was... Uh, well, that could be really similar to the 624. I'm just looking at the rear panel of 624, and it gives you four TRS line-ins, four TRS line-outs, and main-outs, and then two XLR mic-ins, which you don't need necessarily, and then eight at in and out for, you know, more channels. But it seems like that's everything you need. What's really needed? I, I, I still think, like, you have a bunch of microphones that you want to pick. You want to have two headphone outputs. And you just want to record one mic at a time, maybe two at the most. So stereo in, right, yeah. stereo out of the computer. Why not just get all of this, like, selecting and mixing functions and stuff, get it out into hardware? And then just yeah. go with a simple class compliant two in two out USB interface, yeah, like a yeah. Mac team, Mac and Mackie sixteen o two sixteen o four mixer. Clean brings nothing to it, takes nothing away from it. Mixer. Exactly. I've built many a studios around those mixers. I wouldn't say that they're up to this. I wouldn't say they're up to class for the other gear he's using. But I've never also known them to cause any real the, the, the light problems are either. Fine. I mean, I agree the mic yeah. preamps are not like the most amazing, but right. going line into a Mackie isn't going to destroy your signal necessarily. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to see one that's like because because you have four mic preamps, and but but the thing that's interesting is that you do like and would like to have a talkback feature, and I agree that's a nice thing to have if you have a booth. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean, like, so, here's an example. So last night, I had to do it, but Somerset was booked for a job um, at a radio station in Perth. So all they wanted to do was use Source Connect now to monitor, and then I captured the audio. But I couldn't trust make- the ID44 or the new Mac. Yeah. So I went onto the laptop and used the SSL, which was fine, but it me- meant I couldn't hear anything because there was only one headphone out, and that was Somerset's. Have- Right. The SSL because 2 the, Plus, you would have two headphones. Yeah. It's not, it's like you I'm didn't thinking, think you were going to need I'm that. I'm thinking about not. an Allen and Heath. George, what do you think? Yeah. Some Allen and Heath Z, with the, the, with the USB. The Zeds? Like an eight channel. Yeah. I'm trying to see what they have, but like an eight channel about Allen the Z and Heath series. Stereo USB. They're pretty, they're pretty low quality power supplies. Pretty low quality. Yeah. Box. Really? The, the Zed series. Yeah. They're not very. High fidelity. But to if you me, go up the yeah. yeah. To me, it's the RME has rock solid converters. That that's the thing oh, about yeah. RME, and that's why mm-hmm. you know you buy the thing, you pay you know a premium, but you know what you're getting. You're getting something that's not going to do what the audience doing to me right now. Right. So you know, there's also the well, I already talked about it, and it's price range. It's the SSL six. It's called literally called the six. Would be amazing, yeah. But it's going to be way north of two two grand because you're that's paying like, so that's like much. Twelve hundred bucks, right? No, two. two it, I mean, I'm talking about Australian dollars. In the U.S., the thing is, oh, what does it cost in the yeah. U.S.? It's eighteen hundred bucks. 
Yeah, it's like so expensive. You know? So you're paying a lot of money for that mic preamp, the super analog preamp, the whole full blown channel strip. Yeah, and he yeah. already has preamps. That's that's not he. He's right. just a, yeah. like a line mix. I know. I mean, I like, put. I mean, I put one in a studio for exactly the same reason you are. Like the same thing you're doing, right? For Howard Parker. And it was just after we replaced his Mackie mixer five times in 15 years or 18 years, you know? I was like, all right, do you want to put another Mackie in in five years? Or do you want to just blow a big wad of money on this thing and just not have to replace it for a lot longer? And he said, all right, let's do it. it but it was quite, it was, yeah, it was quite an investment. Yeah. But the sealed pots and the switches, everything on it, the sealed pots and switches, everything is not going to give you trouble for many, many years. And that's where like a Mackie mixer, while it works great, the pots and the, and the uh, switches get dirty over time and you cannot clean them. Really. There's nothing you can really do. So um, that's where, you know, that will really a certain point. You're now talking about literally a broadcast console, right? That's the next level. Is is something that's designed broadcast quality, which is designed to be running twenty four seven. And how much? You know, how much did the audience cost? In Australian dollars, was eleven hundred. So I'm thinking about seven fifty eight hundred US. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so the SSL six is like eight hundred bucks. It's twice that. No, it's not no, no, no. here. It's uh, well twice that. No. Yeah. It's There's like one on Reverb 2, for six hundred bucks. Yeah, two two thousand Australian, so that'll be about fifteen hundred US. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Like to me, what we're looking for is simplicity. Yeah, and which the and audience I think has that yes. to me. That's why I keep on going over towards the the analog mixer setup instead of the digital, uh, you know, firmware mixer built into the computer yeah. kind of thing. I, I mean, I I don't disagree with you, but to keep the signal path as pristine as it needs to be and should be, to equate what you would get doing it digitally inside the ID 14, 44, or the, any of the digital mixers, it's got to be a pretty high-end piece of gear, I think. I mean, it's got to be at that kind of class. The yeah. SSL is in its own class. There's just not much out there in, that, in a compact analog board that doesn't add up, end up adding a gajillion you know, knobs and before you know it. It's out of control. Well, I mean, in in a way that the knobs aren't the problem. I mean, that that's just all more flexibility. Yeah, but, but, but you're still... right. No one really makes you know like SSL's got one. They they you know Mackie, not really. I agree. They're 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 definitely on like the budget side of things in a way. Right. So and I would never so trust a Personas. For... I've had so many people with Personas stuff mm, fail. I'm not thinking power Personas supplies and stuff. I'm surprised Alan and Heath is that bad. What about okay? Who like Ward Beck? Do they make anything like really good? Yeah, I mean, if you go up the food chain at Allen and Heath, yeah, you're going to get some really high end gear, right? But at the base level, so so the size that you need, it's they get they're just cheap, they're cheesy in those small consoles. George, how about this idea? What's the best simple stereo in stereo out interface you can think of? No frills, best quality simple. Yeah, like like a like a sound Without devices or a, with no mic preamps. Uh, it does not in, have to out. have mic preamps. But it, it, I mean, we're not buying it for the mic preamps. No, we're just I know. buying it yeah. for it's like 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 a yellow tech maybe. I don't know. Yeah, no yellow tech's going to be a grand. Yeah, um, at least um, for just two in two out. Um, 
I have one of those things, by the way. It's just a damn. It's a under. It's an unserved market niche. It just, just nobody's making. Yeah, it. true. They just don't. Yeah, everything's going digital because it's cheaper to make. It's cheaper to upgrade. It's possible to upgrade, and you sell it on channels and bells and whistles, right? Analog, pure circuit switchers and matrix mixers and monitor mixers are not selling. You know, those aren't big sellers. It's it's the digital whiz bang stuff that's selling. That's what's being developed. Yeah, at least in, in this compact kind of home studio kind of situation. I'm I'm really surprised at the Allen and Heath stuff. You really think it's 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 not good stuff? Well, I mean, are you talking about the Z series? Because the Z well, series I, I don't is know not their, their line as well. I, I I never really associated. I I kind of put Allen and Heath and Mackie in the same light. Like I, well, I don't so, think of so Alan their and Heath Z and stuff is their Mackie stuff. Okay, like that. The Z is designed to compete with Mackie Onyx, not Onyx. The the original VLZs, you know, right. the classic Mackie VLZs. Those are the Zeds, right? That, but the next thing up from Zed, you're getting into a much bigger jump in price. And then everything else after that's digital. Like, you, you, before you know it, it's just an all-digital console, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's hard. The Goldilocks mixers are very few and far between anymore. Um, I installed a Tascam mixer called a Model, uh, Model 8. Yeah, Model 8 um, for uh, Chris Fry's. That's a $700 mixer. Again, full of features you don't need. <laughs> it's like it's a multi-track recorder built in, right? It's like a port of studio. Right, yeah, from, yeah. It's, it's that Tascam one. I know exactly yeah. which one you're talking but about. But it, it's, it's a cut above in terms of how it's built. You know, actual construction of the unit, the switches and pots. It definitely is a cut above a Mackie. So... That's when interesting because Tascam, like, yeah. I don't know that Tascam was always above a Mackie. I mean, there's many times I've found no. Tascam products being below Mackie. But this board, I, I mean, I bought it and installed it, and I was incredibly impressed with the feel of it and the signal flow, the flexibility, and all of that, and still, and still at a reasonable price and not that physically huge. Plus, all the I.O. is on the rear panel instead of on the top, which makes it a lot cleaner on your desk. Yeah, that that made it to me the sweet spot. Once again, features you don't need, but it still had it seemed to be filling that that hole between the base Mackies and Behringers and Yamaha mixers that are out there and the much more expensive large frame. This seemed like a middle ground yeah. kind of uh thing. Well, I shall investigate anyway. further and I'm guessing in epi- episodes to come we will find out which way I went. I think maybe an interesting thing to check out would be to look at a really nice classic analog mixer and just get a simple interface for it. Just a simple. He's going to be spending a lot of money. Yeah. Like for, he's going to spend way more than like an RME. Yeah, I know, uh, but it, it would, it would have a certain like does exactly what it does. No drivers, no nothing. The next computer you get, Andrew, you just plug it right Andrew, in. Here's what you're going to get. Get the get the Army Baby Face FS or whatever the new one is, and get a, and then get a cherry picker for switching between your preamps, and you're done. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We suggested that's it. That too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best I can do. Basically, <laughs> the same thing. It's like use a big mixer as a. But does the Baby Face have a talkback feature on it? 
Yeah. Well, the, the uh, Fireface doesn't either. So this, right. and know, that is a nice thing. It, it, it's very killing me, army. I've got a feeling that I've got a faulty ID forty four. Yeah, that's my feeling. But we shall investigate further. I'll get Richie to have a yes, look and see what we. Uh, There's another brand we haven't even talked about, and that is, I guess, for another episode. Focus right because well. I can't remember <laughs> what they're called. <laughs> it's a German. I think it's a German brand. Um, oh, I'm trying. Oh, dang oh, it, I know what you're talking about. It's um, links. You had a headphone. No, no, you had a headphone monitor controller thing from them that you said actually was bad. Do you remember that thing no. you had? Didn't you have a monitor controller and it ended up mm. being a bug? Yeah, yeah, yeah. SPL. SPL. Yeah. Oh, yeah. SPL makes the Sapphire or something like that, right? Uh, yeah, they make a couple of USB interfaces. Just another brand to consider. Maybe you've had a bad, because you had the bad unit, you may not want to go there. But they make one called the Crimson, which is The Crimson, nice. that's what it was. Not Sapphire, but Crimson, right? Yeah. Or or you could go for the um, merging technologies. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what's expensive. cool about the Crimson, actually, is it has enough I.O., but it's still... I know which one. It's a six it's- in, six out. Right, so it gives you all the I/O you need, Andrew, and yep. it's got TalkPack, and it's got a lot of monitoring flexibility, and it's got that uh, monitor matrix monitor thing, which you don't really need, but it's built in. And what else? Yeah, it lets you have four line ins connected to it, and then you switch from the front panel which ones of those you're actually listening to, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. So it's almost like it has a gold digger built in. Like you, because you can just say, well, you're not recording all six channels. You're just recording two, and you're choosing which ones you're going to record. Yeah, George, I got an idea. That's actually a really good idea. The SPL. How about an old, um, like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, where are we going? How about (laughs) no, 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 like, okay, get a really good A to D converter, basically, Mm -hmm. a really good one, like a like a Lucid A D D A, okay. And then yeah. use that with, I mean, whatever mixer is is good and now a little bit more modern and flexible because now we could, with a good A to D, D to A, we could jump to any digital mixer that has, yeah. um, you know, USB on it. And now there's a ton more of those. Yeah. And then it's I, I, know, I, like uh, back to the hardware. I've got to say, though, the looking at the SPL Crimson, it checks all the boxes, checks all I the think. boxes, and it's not anywhere near as expensive as the RME. Yeah. Could be worth a look. I know, I know precious few that have SPL stuff. I know somebody with the Creon, which is the lighter version. Yep, the cheaper, the smaller one, and he loves it. Yep. Uh, yeah, the, the yeah, Creon. it looks really schmick as well. I, I'm, I'm there. What does Antelope try. make? That would be I okay. Antelope. Antelope. I have my opinion about them. Is it's extremely high on the gimmick level and like really really interesting capabilities but hard to use and service wise you're dealing with hungry right the country so not maybe not the greatest <laughs> that that concerns me a little bit to be honest but I'm so tempted because they keep coming out with new stuff and I'm like oh man that looks cool <laughs> they do make some really cool stuff and even even um Lewitt, 
the microphone company. Yeah, they just they just launched an interface called that, Connect yeah. Six, and it's wacky looking. But the mixer console, the console it comes with, is really slick. It's got really good routing capability. Like it takes my revelator that I'm always you know gushing about, and just does even more. Um, and it's a really nice piece and it's got channel strips and, you know, stuff you don't need, but it's got an expander, a compressor, and an EQ on every channel input channel. It's pretty slick in software. Like or I, I would buy that thing in a, in hardware on board. Like it, mm-hmm. I, it's DSP, you know, it's DSP. Everything's going it's to DSP. DSP. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Everything's going DSP. Um, 133 DBVEIN, 72 DB of gain on the preamps. It's a pretty impressive numbers, but again, for your needs, I don't know. It's very bleeding edge. It's very new. I think Creon. I think you can get Creon from a local vendor. I would I would grab one of those and just throw it, throw everything at it, and see what happens. Just see if you like it. Yeah, do it for us. Do it for us. <laughs> Take one for the boys. Well, that was fun. Is it over? The Pro Audio Suite. With thanks to Tribooth. And Austrian Audio. Recorded using Source Connect. Edited by Andrew Peters. And mixed by Voodoo Radio Imaging. With tech support from George the Tech Whittem. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and join in the conversation on our Facebook group. To leave a comment, suggest a topic, or just say good day, drop us a note at our website. Theproaudiosuite.com.